nothing to fear but fear. That was the whole movie. That was the whole movie. <laughs> Well, hello, and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And last week we were tots, but now we're back to mots. Listeners, if you're listening to this near where it is released, you're in probably day 97 of quarantine. And so we're coming at you again, right to your ears, bringing you a spark of joy and hope. We hope you're doing well. And we wanted to talk about... A terrible movie today, which will hopefully lift your spirits once again. For this week's movie, we did the 2020 remake of a childhood classic, Doolittle, starring Robert Downey Jr. Now, before we jump into this movie, Nate, did you ever see any of the old Dr. Doolittles? I have seen, I think, a movie with the guy who played in My Fair Lady. I think his name was Rex or something like that. Right. I did see that way back in the day. I don't know if that's like a 1960s movie. And I definitely saw the first Dr. Doolittle with Eddie Murphy. (laughs) There was a sequel that I did not see. That's the extent of my Doolittle knowledge. What about you? That's right. I have seen exactly what you have, and you called it correctly. The original Dr. Doolittle movie is from 1967, and it stars Rex Harrison. Good on you. Nice. Yes. When you watch an older movie, you get one of those, like, I have to put my mind in the state of knowing it's an old movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But knowing that, I enjoyed that movie. I also remember the Eddie Murphy Dr. Doolittle, which was 1998, and that was fine. I believe it starred, did it star Janet Jackson? It did? Also? No, no, maybe maybe it was the sequel. And Raven Simone, sorry, not Janet Jackson. No, okay. So now we have the 2020 Dr. Doolittle. I, was, I saw this Just trailer. Just Doolittle. He apparently oh, right, is no right, longer right. a doctor. <laughs> well, he's very much a doctor in the movie, but the, the title is Just Doolittle, Robert Downey Jr. And I have to say... I was pretty excited for this movie. I saw the trailer. I saw Robert Downey Jr. I thought, this will be a great one with the kids. It's rated PG. Mm -hmm. Surely, surely this will be a family-enjoyed movie. I need to know right here, right now, did you watch this movie with your entire family? Yes, we did. We all watched it together. This... (laughs) Is the mountain that we have carved (sighs) our Mott's faces into is (laughs) mountains made out of the material that Doolittle is made out of. It really is. Nate, I'm going to have to give you this Rotten Tomatoes because it's a little shocking. I would be shocked by anything over 30%. Well, the critic score is 15%, which I feel is right. The audience score, Nate, is 76%, Nate. Nate, 76%. That's an indictment on humanity, I would say. Okay, so I really wanted to love this movie. And one other point of information. This was not a cheaply made movie. They spent some money on this movie. The budget was $175 million. Steven, it is a definitely a large movie. I spent, I kid you not, at least an hour researching this movie late at night laying in bed on my phone. After watching it, right? After watching it, I was so engrossed in the lore behind Doolittle that I went down this 
research and I'm going to give you, I'm going to try to take what was at times dry, boring research and I'm going to tell you a story right now, Stephen. Okay. Okay. Let me, I just want to say I have one prediction, one yes. prediction because yes. the, 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 did you do some research? I did none. Okay. But I wanted to, and I assumed you might after watching oh, it. So. Yes. In in the back of your mind, I'm sure you could just picture, I'm sure Nate's out there somewhere <laughs> wishing on the same bright star somewhere yes. out there researching this movie. Because the thing that affects this entire movie, it seems like Robert Downey Jr. walked on set on day one, and he said, listen, people, I am not memorizing a single line of this script. I'm going to say whatever I want, and you're going to have to ADR and overdub everything. Everything. That's what, it, <laughs> that's what it seems like. Half of his lines, his back is the back of his head is to the camera, so you can't see his lips. Yes. And all the other lines, when you can actually see his face and lips, A, it doesn't look like he's talking. B, it doesn't sound like his voice. Yes. And C, it surely feels like he doesn't give a rip. <laughs> so I don't know... <laughs> What happened in this movie, but it is, that is my prediction. That is what I believe happened when he walked onto the set. We're going to get to Accent Corner later because <laughs> it may be my favorite, my favorite Accent Corner of all time. We haven't even discussed it yet. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the story of a little movie called Doolittle. And uh, sit, yep. sit down here at my feet. I get to sit in this rocking chair. Mm, I'm sitting. Let's do it. Welcome, Stephen. I'm going to tell you a little story about a man. We will call him Stephen Gagan. Now, I'm just... This man named Stephen Gagan directed wonderful, wonderful movies that got critically acclaimed. He wrote on a little movie called Traffic that won an Oscar. He directed a movie in 2005 called Syriana with Matt Damon and George Clooney. He took... He tried to get some different movies made over the years, but alas, it did not work between the years 2005 and 2016. He made not a single movie. He went from golden boy of Hollywood to a director who could not necessarily work with production companies well. In 2016, he made his next movie called Gold, with Matthew McConaughey playing a bald paunch man. <laughs> Apparently that went decent enough because he was cast as the director for a little movie called Doolittle. Robert Downey Jr. was signed on for this movie. Stephen, with a PH, just like you, Stephen went about directing a movie and made a movie with a giant budget produced by Universal. And the Downey family, apparently. Mama Downey. A Mary Downey. I, doesn't part. It's not part of the story. Back to the story. <laughs> okay. He made a movie that he was proud of. The movie edit screened almost two years ago in the year 2018, <laughs> or something like that. Audiences hated poor Stevens' movie. Apparently, oh. a man who works mostly with crime thrillers and adult uh, action movies uh, did not make a wonderful laughable movie for the whole family so other people were brought in to hopefully correct this movie because they it's a thing called sunk cost my boy and a lot of money was already put into it but they really needed this movie to succeed so they dumped even more money into reshoots they brought in seth rogan at one point in time to make oh. it more funny 
which I assume means bringing in more fart jokes. <laughs> After that, they brought in another one. Both of these people were brought in, but then were busy with other projects or got hired on for other projects, but they, so they couldn't stay. And so they edited more. We need more animals. We need more things. They ADR'd all of the lines. They brought in characters that weren't supposed to be big at all. At the beginning, the little boy in the movie was supposed to be Dr. Doolittle's son. He was then turned into a potential uh, apprentice sort of guy, which didn't make any sense. They needed to be goofier, funnier. My guess is that it was started as a PG-13 Pirates of the Caribbean-esque. Robert Downey Jr. was kind of going for a Jack Sparrow sort of likability. (laughs) It was then, need to move it down to PG. The studio, even after all the reshoots, they knew this is not a good movie. We have created a Frankenstein of a bunch of different director's visions. Robert Downey Jr. had a bunch of creative control as well, and he had, okay, uh, he was trying to come up with things too that would make it a lot better, and they gave him carte blanche because he's Iron Man. And as a quote says, when Iron Man tells you something, you listen to Iron Man. They also, we need the ending scene. The ending scene is a little bit too sad because it talks about losing uh, the death of a loved one. and the, So they added in a, some sort of... We'll talk later about the dragon scene. That was all added oh. in later. All the goofiness of that. And then... This was set for a May, well, it was set for like a May, like 2019 release. It was pushed back to May 2020. Apparently, Universal knew what they had on its hands was a pile of nothingness. So they put it in a release date where all shameful movies go to be released alongside of Cats, another Universal (laughs) production that was released a couple weeks apart. They released it in January where they hoped we would never (laughs) speak of it again. And thus, the story of Doolittle. Oh, by the way, uh, Stephen Gagan is still credited as his director, but I assume slowly his joy and love of movies was stripped away from him. (laughs) And I would not be surprised if for years and years... Kagan leaves Hollywood behind. The end. Nate, that was a beautiful, horrifying, and grotesque story. <laughs> and it, it makes so much sense because that's exactly how, what feels like happened. <laughs> it, was such, it was such a dumpster fire. I was shocked and appalled. And it made me sad, honestly, <laughs> because I was like, Robert Downey Jr. Okay. <clears throat> Let's talk about the CG for a second because it plays okay. into the entire movie. The entire movie, sure. The entire movie. And of all the positive things that could be said about this movie, I feel like the CG might have been all right. Well, okay. <laughs> you disagree. If you were to average out all the quality of the CG in this movie, I think you would say, yes, fine. I think some animals were really great. Probably the ones that a a visual effects house worked on the whole time. And then some in like their feet never hit the ground. They were never (laughs) in the world, which I assume as part of the production problems, they were just shot scenes in the reshoot and they just like handed them to visual effects houses. Like now put animals in there. Mm. For example, that squirrel, I can almost guarantee that squirrel was never going to be in the whole movie because no one right, ever in, right. interacts with that squirrel. 
Yeah. <laughs> at one point, at one point, my oldest son, he was like, "Why is that squirrel so mad?" It's <laughs> like, I guess because he got shot. But all, that's also a good question. I think he's. <laughs> He's unnecessarily I mean, they, angry. It's a Craig Robinson voice, uh, the guy from The Office who voices him, and they really just like they put him in, just shoehorned him in different times, and he doesn't make sense because he has no impact on the plot or any characters. He's just right. supposed to be in there to say like funny like revenge story things, which which ends at, in the middle, like in the middle of the movie, he stops making those kinds of <laughs> revenge type lines, and it's never really. He starts doing no. Then he starts doing like a captain's log sort of thing, right? Which you hear twice <laughs> in the whole movie, and it's like, right. what? <sighs> maybe there was more. Maybe there was less. The other CG that was a little bit tough for me was the giraffe and fox, which uh, and the boy oh, riding the giraffe right. yes. through yes. the city. Oh. That seemed yeah. like. I'm I'm going to give the, whatever visual effects company I'm sure there were maybe there were several of them that were handed this at different different point in time. I assume they did what they could. Some CG was good. Others were like, I understand. You just had to like throw this in. Well, and I get and and you're right. I actually have a specific note that the whole giraffe through the city scene is looks ridiculous, especially when the kid is riding it. It looks totally insane. That's <laughs> but, that is pretty rough. The parrot looks good up close. The parrot looks good. I feel like the gorilla looks pretty decent. Yeah, he's got moments. I think the dog looks rough. And maybe that's why they yeah. took... Maybe that's why um, Tom Holland, who voices that dog... We can talk about voice acting here coming up. Yeah. But I was like, did they just give Tom Holland just five lines in this movie? And he does. he's not able to go on the adventure? Because it's like, listen, we don't want to animate this dog. Right. This shaggy dog. <laughs> I want to know. At one point in the movie... Did you know it was going to be garbage? Because when we first see Robert Downey Jr. and all the animals and he's playing chess with the mice mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the gorilla, I was like, all right, I, this is kind of this is fun. I understand that he's being a crazy person because he lost his wife. And so like everything makes sense right now. Yep. And then I feel like once we got to when he had to have more and any conversation with other human beings, like when that when the girl comes in and talks about the queen or whatever, I said, okay, he was talking a little weird before, but now it seems like this is just how he's gonna talk. And is I feel like re- right, is this the rest of <laughs> like, the movie? And I feel like right by the time they left Doolittle's house to go on this journey to England, I knew like, oh, this is gonna be terrible. We paused the movie when the boy brings the squirrel in and then randomly at the same time a little girl shows up just pops up in the scene yeah yeah, who's already inside the mansion herself and when those two kids are interacting with Doolittle and then they do like the surgery on the squirrel scene we pause it at that point in time. I think that's maybe 27 minutes in. What did you say to each other? Did you or Jill make And my wife says to me, she says, so far, this is a terrible movie. I also felt zero emotional investment in pretty much any character. Anybody. Anybody. And even though they kept trying to shoehorn the sadness, they tried to shoehorn sadness into Robert Downey Jr. about his long lost wife where he would like make out with his necklace for a second yes that was so (laughs) it didn't make sense 
That's the Gagan cut. The Gagan cut's a, a, like a dark Batman-esque. I never, I never felt invested. You know, honestly, the most investment I felt was I wanted the gorilla to overcome his anxiety. Yes. That is that's the most I felt. And I feel like they even blew that because it, like the moment <laughs> when he fights the tiger, it's, it's so weird and it's a weird fight. And then they say the line, Barry berries. Well, we're going to get to that. We we have to get to that. I want I want to hit every one okay. of these beats. I do want to say I respond to this shoehorning sadness in. Oh yeah. The the queen maybe dying and her daughter taking care of her. There was no, I felt nothing. I felt no. like I was a poorly fleshed out CG character watching a movie <laughs> of poorly fleshed out CG characters. Even the queen who we're supposed to feel for. I'm like she's dying, but I didn't care. I don't know anything about her or her family or her, like any. I don't know anything. All I know is that she's the queen, and for some reason, when she dies, they're gonna take back this one acre piece of property from Robert Downey Jr. for seemingly no reason. Right, and the daughter, the daughter is an alien. The daughter is not human. <laughs> she does not have human emotions. Hmm. Like. What is the what is the daughter's personality? I could I could also say what is the little boy's personality because both of them is just like they like animals. That's not a personality, that's just something you like. <laughs> that's a trait. I feel like the boy tried. Yeah, he was a good child actor with maybe yeah. nothing to do nor nothing to he was just meant to like wonder, make hey, make a face cuz you're seeing an ostrich and a polar bear together. Like make a face like you're excited. And he did it. It was that right. was the face, and they also they tried to create this father figure dynamic with Robert Downey Jr. and the boy because he was originally the son in the first edit. Okay, right, <laughs> and it you're seeing old you're seeing old clips from the first version of this movie. Whenever you see something fatherly, and it's so like forced and unbelievable. Like there's a moment <laughs> there's a moment on the boat. Where they're like standing on the stern of the boat and they're mm-hmm. staring off into the water. Mm-hmm. And Robert Downey Jr. like walks over to him, puts his arm around him, but just kind of like pats him and then walks in another direction. <laughs> and it just, yep. again, it spoke to me that like Robert Downey Jr. was like, you want me to do what? Yeah, okay, whatever. I'm going to do one take and that's all you get. <laughs> that's what I feel like he did. Probably because it was a reshoot because probably the first time they filmed it, he's like, you are like your mother. You're a good son to me. And like right. you're now he had no someday, lines to like say. you're learning to, to talk to the animals too. This is great. And now it's hey, we, we took all of that out. Could you just do a quick reshoot where you uh, walk and just tap him and like don't say anything? Robert Downey's like, yeah, fine. I'm going to come here and be Lulu's apprentice. Do you was there any indication in your studious research of how much percentage of this movie was overdubbed? <sighs> no. But I can tell the research of watching this movie, I would guess that 90% of Robert Downey Jr.'s lines right? are overdubbed. That is appalling. The voice, when he speaks, the sound does not come from no. the person. No, it, it doesn't. It comes from like all around me. It is like you're across the room from me and you say something to me and what I hear is, Hello, my name is Steven and I'm like... <laughs> Inside of your head. Every line is like a ventriloquist is delivering it with a poor British accent. That's what it okay, feels like. Okay, accent corner. I've stalled <laughs> yeah. long enough. Robert Downey Jr. apparently decided to do a Welsh accent in this movie. 
A Welsh. Okay. So someone from Wales. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> this accent, according to Robert Downey Jr., is one of the hardest accents to get right. All he needed to do was watch that one episode of The Crown that takes place in Wales, and he would have been fine. He had a Welsh-like um, coach. A dialect coach, exactly. He had one of those helping wow. him. He really tried to work on it. Apparently, according to people who are Welsh, uh, which, by the way, Michael Sheen, who plays a bad guy in a different movie altogether that they also <laughs> inserted into this movie, like oh. kind of a Princess Bride, George of the Jungle bad guy that they said, like, hey, kids need a funny bad guy. Because this is a PG movie now. Right, he has no chin. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's really funny. Get it? He actually has a natural <laughs> Welsh accent, and even he decided, like, listen, let's just go with the regular British. <sighs> According Man. to people who sp speak with this accent, every once in a while, he did it right. And then other times, it well. went so, so wrong. <laughs> right let's save this squirrel, shall we? We are going to both give our attempts at doing this accent. Really? Yeah. I'm looking down in the quotes of the IMDb. We've no choice but to embark on this perilous journey. Oh, that's turned my stomach. But okay, yeah, let's do that line. You go first. We've no choice but to embark on this perilous journey. Wonderful. All right, I'm going to go now. <clears throat> We've no choice but to embark on this perilous journey. Yes. Yes, you did it better. Because it was... <laughs> Every we turned up the volume so much, thinking maybe it's a uh, maybe we don't no, have it loud no, enough to understand that. him. It's not that he like he says he like it's like he says no vowels. Like there are no vowels in anything he says. It's all just like percussives and lip movements. It is so it it is the ADR. It's the overdubbed. No quite bowed in to this whole accent. So I'm going to kind of cut everything off and remember. Remember, little gorilla, the, you're nothing to fear, but fear is so I am. That was the whole movie. That was the, <laughs> that whole, was the whole movie. <laughs> that was the whole movie. Also, the YouTube video that I watched all of 10 seconds of, which makes me an expert in the Welsh accent. Yes. That dude, he's got over a million views. He probably knows what he's talking about. Link is in show notes. He says the Welsh accent has elongated vowels. And I feel like Robert Downey Jr. did the exact opposite. <laughs> so it's not... But he was trying to... So they, eventually they made the call to go British and not Welsh. Is that what you're saying? No, I think he went uh, vaguely Welsh the whole time. Listen, if I was the director of this movie and Robert Downey Jr. shoots a Stephen single Gagan. scene... Remember, Stephen yes, Gagan. Remember, Stephen Remember Gagan. Remember the name. I'm Stephen Gagan. That's going to be burned into my memory. Robert Downey Jr. walks on set. He shoots one scene with this accent... I say, listen, Robert, I know you just did Endgame. You're a real famous guy. I'm going to give you a day to get this accent actually good. If you don't do it, you're just going to do it in your normal voice. Just do your normal voice, and this movie will be a couple times better. I don't know how much better because there's still a lot of problems, but it would definitely be way better than if you keep trying to do this accent. Maybe it was a little bit of Emperor's New Clothes. Of just like, hey, the only way that Robert Downey Jr. is going to slog through the making of this movie because he knows it's not going to be very good is if he can try out this accent he's always wanted to do. Like, I've really wanted to, I've really been working on this Welsh accent. Never had a chance right. to really unveil it. I would love to know the comparison of 
the cost of this movie, $175 million, compared to how many seconds of Iron Man CG that that equates to? I bet it's like five minutes. You get oh, five man. minutes of Iron Man in Endgame for the cost of this whole movie. But anyway. I told you before I watched this movie, I hope that it's Sherlock Holmes with animals. After seeing it, I wish he had just been Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, He did a British accent for Sherlock Holmes, which was passable and fun. He was easy to understand as Sherlock Holmes. And he was likable as Sherlock Holmes. I didn't know this was possible. But I did not like Robert Downey Jr. in this movie. He was not a likable goof or a likable hermit or likable like prefers animals over humans he didn't have the likability no i want to mention two scenes with the gorilla the one the one part where i kind of laughed i laughed on the mouse chessboard thing when one mouse mm-hmm. hits the other over the head that was kind of fun back when you were full of hope in this movie I was. in the I first was. 15 minutes <laughs> I literally was and then the the part that i laughed is when they're trying to they're trying to escape the bad guy boat and so they use the whale and robert downey jr is getting his like a uh, cuba gooding jr swimsuit on the deep sea suit mm-hmm. and he's telling the gorilla he's gonna have to pull the rope back and the gorilla's very afraid and the robert downey jr starts the quote about fear mm-hmm. now remember courage is not the absence of fear wait you got cut off i, I can't hear you i need the second part i chuckled there that was a good comedic yep after that I don't know what else I laughed at. Do you have two other moments that you laughed at? I did laugh at the very first time where the squirrel said revenge. <laughs> okay. Just yeah, out yeah. of the blue. For sure. I laughed at that. Revenge. These are all just random moments that I maybe were just added in later to give me a chuckle. I la- This is a small part. I laughed. There's a, a part where a fly swatter comes down on a fly. Oh, yeah. And the fly goes through the hole of the fly swatter and says, oh, it's a miracle. I'm right, the chosen right. one. I'm going to yes. change my life. And he flies out the window and a bird just like eats him. Yes. It is a three-second clip that I assume was added in later. I actually laughed at that one. Yeah, that was good. And the last thing I laughed at in this whole movie, I I mean, I enjoyed J, uh, Jason Manzoukas as the dragonfly voice. I thought he was good voice acting. Those lines were quasi-funny, but yeah, not enough for fun. me to laugh at. The only other part that I, I gave a little chuckle to was Ralph Fiennes, Fiennes who voices the tiger in the scene. Oh, right. When... Doolittle uses the, the glass to create the light on the floor, and he goes oh, to, yeah, yeah. oh, what... Hello, where, where are you? What are you? I, oh, now you're over there. Oh, I'm going to get you. The two scenes in the trailer really highlighted the tiger scene. And then they teased the dragon scene. Those were like, oh man, he's going to talk. He has to fight a tiger and he's going to talk to a dragon. You know, those, those are the two like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll look forward to these. The tiger scene had this huge buildup. And then they, they played to this like, the tiger has mommy issues, which I feel like they played a little too hard. And then it's supposed to be the gorilla's, you know, cathartic moment. moment where he overcomes his fear. A, I wish they had made whatever, however the gorilla overcame his fear, I wish it would have been like the climax of the movie and not this like sub-climax before the actual deal. Yeah, we'll talk about the actual climax later. But yes, I think anything <laughs> would have been better. Yeah, and then the dialogue and what these characters are saying to each other during the fight and how the fight goes... It just, it wasn't a payoff. 
Uh, the gorilla was the only thing <laughs> that was redeeming in this movie, and I didn't. I wasn't crazy about the payoff. I would have loved for the gorilla to have in that fight some moments of ferocity and gorilla esque rage that comes out of him. Like because King even Kong, when he's like. bashing him with his hands. He's like, "Oh, I'm scared! I'm scared! I'm scared!" Which I like the idea that he's fighting while he's scared, but I would right. love there to be a moment of him realizing that he's a strong, powerful gorilla. Right. I thought that there would be a moment, and there was this moment where the, the tiger was about to get Robert Downey Jr. I thought the gorilla was going to have like crazy eyes and just go total... Go rage mode. Ape on the tiger. And I was like, that would have been great. And they didn't, and that was fine. And, you know, he's talking, you know, overcoming his fear as he's fighting, and that would have been fine too. But then they said Barry Berries. Yeah, the the scene ends with a kick to the to the tigers below <laughs> the groin the the groin of the tiger remember back when we first started using cg to make full animals and we thought this will be great we'll be able to add life to animals right. lion king happened it's like wow these animals are looking realistic we're starting to give them personality they can talk come to life jungle book all of this andy circus yeah. is dawn of the planet of the apes did we do all of that so that someday a tiger can be kicked in the nards and say, oh, no, berries, berries? Like, did we do all of this so that we can have groin kick humor for no. animals, too? No, we did not. Nate. Everyone thought about whether they could. No one thought about whether yeah. they should. It's got to hurt. How my berry, berries? That'll work. When that line was spoken... I waited a couple seconds and I looked at all my children. I was like, "Does anybody?" <laughs> Please tell me your kid. Some of your kids muffled their laughter. So I have three children, and I will tell you one of them got the reference. Which do you think it was? The middle one. Surprisingly, not the older <laughs> one. Yes, the oldest. He he laughed. He actually looked at me and he was like, "Oh, I get it." <laughs> there are parts in this movie that I thought to myself, these would maybe be funny if I was eight. Like, there is a lot of kid yeah. humor. The right. duck lays an egg because she's scared. That was kind there of is a bunch of, like, little... The the duck keeps handing him celery instead of... Like, there's right. goofy stuff in here. And I thought to myself, I think this would be funny for a kid. You watched it with children, your children. Those moments that were really childish in their humor... Did they get kind of giggles out of out of your kids? Bushel. That's a different piece of celery. Got it. Bushel. No, still celery. Never mind. I'll get it myself. Not really. Like it was surprising. I probably laughed the most of the like the three or four moments. Like I did. I chuckled at the duck with the egg thing. And when that happened, I looked over and it was like nothing. <laughs> they're, not, they're not giving this movie anything. So it was not. It didn't appeal to them either. Okay, the rivalry between Robert Downey Jr. do a little oh, so much. We haven't even talked about Antonio Banderas in this movie. The plot, the plot of this movie, Nate, find the journal to find the First of all, I did not know Antonio Banderas was King Rizzuli in this movie. I did not recognize him. Yeah, Jill didn't know either. The plot is the to what is your word for that kind of like treasure hunt style? You used it when we talked about a uh, the rise of the Skywalker. You find the thing to go find the thing to go find the thing. Yeah, yeah, you find the thing. Yeah, and it was exactly that. And then Michael Sheen, Dr. Moodfly, he says, you know, because Robert Downey Jr. mispronounces his name all the time. And there's a, there's a line where he's like, it, there's an umlaut. 
like you can't use that line in a, you can't say that like that's it's not funny like yes we we know you're very german and we know how to say your name because you've said it already don't make an umlaut joke did you stay around for the extra the end credit scene no i don't even i didn't even know there was one Oh, okay. I'll describe it to you. Moodfly is sitting at the bottom of a cave. He's trying to talk to bats. He says some things. The bats open their eyes, screech with glowing eyes, and then all attack him. The end. That sounds horrifying. Either that or they give him powers and he becomes Batman. <laughs> now that's a twist. Wait, Nate, we have to talk about the dragon scene. Do we? Okay. Oh, wait, I, I'm not quite ready yet. I'm not quite ready. <laughs> What else do you need to do? I need to tell you something about the voice actors before we get to the dragon scene. Because okay. the dragon is, is going to take me out. <laughs> like That'll be the, your end? Yeah. Dr- the dragon scene will get me to a point where I won't be able, want to talk about this movie anymore. So okay, I have to good. tell you one more thing. Yeah. I think a lot of the animals' voice acting mm-hmm. was cast wrong. Mm. I don't know if that's a script issue or if their people's voices were too similar at times, so I didn't have a good... It wasn't grounded to the animals. I've yeah. never had it before where I felt like the animal talked, and I thought, that voice doesn't make sense, which is weird because animals don't talk with human voices. Sure. But for example, Tom Holland as the dog, which didn't quite make sense when I looked at that dog... I wish Tom Holland had been the voice of the gorilla. Yeah, that would have been good. I think that would have been a better choice for the gorilla. Rami Malek... I feel like Tom Holland might have been... Could have done the ostrich. But anyway. He could have done the ostrich. I actually enjoyed Kamel Nanjani as the ostrich. Mm-hmm. who was also He was also that pawn piece from Men in Black International. Another oh, that's right. That's piece right. of gold. That's right. They didn't let him cook. <laughs> so like he wasn't that funny he could have been funnier he had a couple lines yeah i thought jason uh, jason john cena as the polar bear i did not like that at all no i thought that voice was like it didn't quite make sense even octavia spencer as the duck it didn't like there no. were just bits of it i think the parrot voice was fine she was great yeah emma thompson emma thompson was great in there I thought the dragon voice was fine too, but some of this this crew of of animals, there's just something about their voices that didn't they didn't go together somehow. No. They should have gotten either Bill Murray to be the polar bear, because he did a great Baloo in the Jungle Book remake. <laughs> or that's a that's a universal Disney issue where like you can never play a bear in another movie. <laughs> That's an NDA right there. <laughs> it was in his contract. Or no, no, non-compete, not an NDA. Yeah, non-compete, yeah, yeah. Or they should have gotten, oh, I just had it in my head. They should have gotten, oh, you had mentioned Seth Rogen was in consideration for this movie. They should have done like Seth Rogen or something. At times, I thought I heard Seth Rogen's voice. I think maybe that's because uh, John Cena is maybe like a off-brand Seth Rogen as far as his like broness. <laughs> So maybe, yeah, maybe right. it just made me want to hear more Seth Rogen. Yeah, that, that might have been, I mean, not that it would have saved this movie, but yeah, <laughs> it would have been a little better at least. Do you know that Selena Gomez was the voice of the giraffe and Marion Cotillard was the voice of the, the fox I, who were in this seeing... movie, who were shoehorned in it for eight minutes? <sighs> I just saw the Selena Gomez name in IMDb and I'm like, oh, my word. Okay. Now we have got to talk about okay, okay. Dragon, dragon Time. Dragon Time. Yeah, they get they get to the island. It's not. Wait a minute. It's not the island of Eden. 
Uh, we don't know what the island is. They're looking for the journal. The yeah. journal was written by Lily, who is John mm-hmm. Doolittle's wife who right. died in a shipwreck. She wrote this journal. Her dad recovered the journal from the shipwreck. Which makes zero sense in that storm that they portray at the beginning of the movie. They somehow got a book. They couldn't... <laughs> yes. Yeah. They grab. They got that journal. Right. The journal leads them to the island. Did Lily Doolittle ever get to the island herself? Or was she going there, but she somehow knew the direction, but just never made it there because of the shipwreck? That has to be the plot, because she never makes it. She dies in, in transit. So it doesn't really... But she also knows where it is? See, that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense. Like, she never saw it. She never went there. And supposedly, no one can find it. And so, to have this incomplete journal map it would make more sense if she had been there had talked to the dragon had gotten some of the uh spiky glowy juicy fruit gusher fruit but she never did right no no she never made it also i there is a part of this movie where a storm starts while they're talking on the helm a lightning blows off part of the mast and the storm uh, starts and then it cuts to the, the island on a sunny day. Oh, it is right. the weirdest. We almost shot a storm scene. The storm's gone. Remember that? Yes, I do. I, they were standing on the helm and I was like, I think a storm's coming. Okay. We're about to be, have a storm scene. Yeah, this will be interesting. And then like, no, it's bright sunny day. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> One lightning strike knocks off the top of the boat. We're out. So they get to the island. They get to the island. And mood flies there also. There's a, the capturing, and then uh, it doesn't look like they're going to get anywhere. And then appears a dragon is guarding. Well, we don't. We haven't seen the Eden Tree yet, but we assume this this dragon is guarding it. Yep. Dragon uh, takes you know takes all the bad guys out. Mm-hmm. Uh, holds Robert Downey Jr. and then somehow Robert Downey Jr. learns how to talk or speak in dragon. While he's while he's being crushed, yes. which the dragon had had grabbed him and his sword with its tail and was squeezing him, and I, I thought was picturing that sword cutting him. <laughs> yes, yes. Sure, surely he's dying right now, but apparently not. I, maybe it was just flat against him. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. The flat side of the sword. So somehow Robert Downey Jr. sweet talks himself into having the dragon let them go, but the dragon's not telling him where the Eden Tree is. Like, okay, oh, all right, because. Dr. Doolittle sees the skull of her long-lost love or her, her right. dragon spouse. Which one did that dragon says, die like, from? We know your pain. You feel it inside of you. It is the lost love. So the dragon's going to let him go. And then he discovers that this dragon is suffering from incontinence. Com- compaction of the bowels, he says. Or impaction of the bowels. Of the colon. He says oh, colon, <laughs> impaction right. of the colon. There it is. Of all the things. He says that line and I thought I turned to Jill and I was like, no, this is not going where I think it's going. So these they have. And I think it's a touching moment when the dragon shows like, yes, I am mourning the loss of my love, too. And there's a bonding moment there. That's sweet. In some ways, maybe the the deepest part of this movie, other than maybe the gorilla's anxiety. Right. Yeah. All right. Like, all right, cool. I'm down with this. And then he begins to pull things out of the dragon's rectum. Oh, no, 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 no. First things first. Okay. Okay. He gets a leek, a stalk vegetable <laughs> from the duck. And right. there is literally a scene of him not showing anything, inserting the leek. 
a suppository. <laughs> it's a yep. suppository. And then the dragon makes crazy face. And yeah. this is, listen, this is a PG, even, dare I say, G-rated podcast. So we can't yes. go into too much detail. I think, can I say sphincter on this? Yeah, I think on that's this, fine. Uh, Okay. We are shown nothing. It is shot in a way that keeps it from being an R-rated movie. Because otherwise, if you had turned the camera just 180 degrees, this uh, this would be R for restricted. But we are to believe that he has Arm Deep and Sphincter pulling things out of the colon of a dragon. Yeah. In this, dare I say, the climax of the movie. It is the most shocking thing I have seen in a PG movie since maybe Jumanji. Uh, Just clearing the way. Is that armor? You got the old Spanish army in you. Gives a deep breath. Everything he is removing looks like squeaky clean. And so there's this like... (laughs) There's this dissonance. Can you imagine if it wasn't? Oh my goodness. Well, they can't. You can't. But the dissonance in my mind is like, this doesn't make any sense on several levels. All I want to say is, I w- if if this was going to be the last scene, I wish it would have been like he conducted some surgery, like heart surgery, or because he does a surgery on the squirrel at the beginning of the movie, and they do it in a way that's it's not graphic, oh, it's not anything, yes, and and the animals are participating, and it's like Could fun. They, yeah, couldn't there have been like. A sword, what like a sword got in between some of the the plates of the dragon. Exactly. And he needed to. Yes. But you know what, Stephen? That's not funny. You know what is funny? A dragon farting on a man so fiercely that it blows his lips back as it hits him. Let me tell you something. This is how you know how bad it is. My middle son. Any mo- any time that there is a fart related joke, he will laugh. Yeah. yeah. Any time. I don't know if you've ever seen any Captain Underpants, anything, but all of that is hilarious to him. Sure. It's all hilarious. When this dragon passes gas, he gives it nothing. Really? And he just looks at me and kind of half smiles. And I'm like, man, even this movie was too much for It didn't even work. It didn't even work. No, it doesn't even play. So the dragon is now grateful, reveals the Eden tree. They get this magical fruit. Seemingly, they take exactly one of these miraculous fruit. I don't know why you wouldn't take more, but they take one to save the queen. They take it back, and we have this like lesser climax scene where they have to get past all the guards, and they Robert Downey Jr. gives a little fruit to a flying squirrel. I think Robert Downey Jr. says a line like, "You've been waiting your whole life for this," or like, "You've been praying for this." And I was like, "I don't even remember this character. I don't even know who this, I don't even know who this flying squirrel is." You were born for this moment. I'm fine. And the flying squirrel like flies it over, and then the boy catches it, and two drops, and the queen is healed. The girl is the daughter, the soon-to-be queen, I think we find out. The old guy wants to be king. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Nate, I, I just don't care anymore. I can't. At that, at that <laughs> point, yes. After the dragon scene, right, we were all just waiting for it to all be done. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we just have to rate this movie. At the beginning of the movie, when Robert Downey Jr., he lights a candle for his deceased wife. And when he hears that someone is in the house, he goes to extinguish the candle. And in one of the few moments where I actually did chuckle, he has a candle snuffer, but he doesn't put it on straight. He like hits it on its side to extinguish the candle. And I feel like that's what this movie is. It did not I hit the nail. I don't even remember this. <laughs> it was just a, 
you should go back and watch it. It was a slightly funny moment because he kind of just like hits it with the side of the candle snuffer. And that's what this movie was. It was just trying to wail stuff into a plot and characters and voices that it just didn't pan out. Okay. Nate. I'll go first. I am going to give Doolittle one solitary candle snuffer. Yeah. I researched this movie, as I talked about earlier, for about an hour after watching it. I'm not sure, and this is not hyperbole, I'm not sure if I've ever been more confused about the making of a movie, its mission, its story, why it exists, and why it was so, so bad. I think we talked about in another time how I want to see the making of documentary more than I would want to see the movie again. Right. This is something that there's got to be some like amazing stories behind this. Some some gossip, some like juicy details that make <laughs> this make sense. I in some ways I wish Robert Downey Jr. they would have just let him cook, let the chef cook and just like go just do whatever you want, no script, no rules, just right out back. And in other ways I wish they would have just said like you can't do a vaguely Welsh accent just be Sherlock Holmes and we'll put some animals around you and this will be fine. This goes to show too many different creative ideas. Take the creative process and turn it into a terrible Frankenstein. This is cotton candy mixed with beef bouillon mixed <laughs> with peanut butter. Swirl it all together. It does not work on any level it is really, really bad. This movie will be streaming shortly. Universal needs people. Oh, well, maybe Universal doesn't want people to see this movie. Do not spend money to watch this movie. No. Not even for your kids. It is no good. <sighs> Nate, that was the number I had in my head before you said it. I'm going to give it a one. I have Tom Thomas in my head, and I uh, wanted to give it a whole number. But, man, this was a bad movie. Do not spend money on it. And it will be free soon. It will be free soon it everywhere. It has to I be. can't believe I spent money on this movie. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I felt kind of guilty afterwards. But I spent your Patreon money, so thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. You've done this for me. Yes. So, <sighs> Stephen, I would not have been surprised if someone really high up in Universal had looked at this movie and said, like, let's just not release it. Let's just scrap the whole thing. Or, you know, at $175 million into the budget, maybe they thought said, you know what? If it makes 50 worldwide, we'll at least recoup some of it. It has to be just a, a study in sunk cost and how, like, we're too far in. Yeah, sunk cost fallacy. That's it. Man. It was terrible. So you, <laughs> you texted me. You said, let's do our top five like pets regardless of uh danger or realism yes exactly uh, so i'm thinking top five animals that would be like your companion i would even say like you can't really speak to them for example but you guys understand each other we'll say yeah, this is a I level like of of kinship that most animals don't have with humans and vice versa and we're also going to ignore legality and things like i know tiger, <laughs> tiger big King. these days yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. we're talking about like you and them are just like meant to be yeah i like it all right well what's your number five my number five this is gonna sound really weird is a ferret what 
I've always wanted a ferret. I know they're just long rats. I know they are. And they're slinky. And I know that's sort of like I can choose from any animal. But having something that can crawl over me and sneak out Blah. and do some sort of things, but then come up on my shoulders and act like a, a mink. Maybe like it's what the fox did in this movie, basically. Something of that variety. Maybe ferrets too stupid, but that's my number five. Nate, I thought I knew you, but that's uh, that's a different level. It's a bad choice, isn't it? No, 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 it's fine. I, I think mean... we should give each other a hard time on this list because we've been a pretty chummy in our top fives, and we okay. haven't really right, given each other our real opinions. All right, ferrets are disgusting, and I catch similar animals in my attic, so no. You'd uh, rather anyway. have a possum? No, no, I, but it is not on my list. All right, my number five, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to say dog. We've had a dog now for a couple of years. I never had one growing up. And it's, it is a fine pet, and if you have a good dog, it's, it can be uh, nice to have. So I'll say dog, number five. Listen, I know I chose a ferret for my first one, but you do realize that you can choose any animal ever, right? Uh, listen, my other four are okay, very... Okay, a little more outlandish? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, they do. So don't worry. Okay, wonderful. My number four is an ostrich. If you could ride it like Robert Downey Jr., I'd be down. Yes, yes. That is I mean, that is what I'm I'm here for. Ostriches yeah. I think are pretty cool. Between this movie and Swiss Family Robinson, the old movie, they a guy rode either Fritz or Ernst, one of the kids, rode an ostrich during a race. I think riding an ostrich seems really cool. Yeah, I'm down with that. That was fun. The ostriches are also kind of vicious, so I kinda of like the fact that an ostrich could kind of be protective and menacing and if you can get it to lay an egg that's like a 12 egg omelet right there i mean oh man would you would it be bad though to look at the ostrich who just laid an egg and been like i'm gonna eat your i'm gonna eat your egg i mean if you can't talk to the ostrich i think i'd be all right <laughs> okay. if the ostrich can't it's talk a... back yeah okay. <laughs> he all does right. give you a little bit of judging look every time like wait what yeah. are you gonna do with that egg <laughs> hey you know that was i did that you know okay <laughs> My number four, I wanted to have some kind of water-related animal on my list. And I couldn't think of exactly what to do, but but I'm going to say a whale. Slight chance that maybe I could ride it with some kind of custom sure, rain. Sure, sure. But I love the idea of like going out on a boat and somehow having this whale companion. You know, he can breach and do like crazy whale things. I don't know. That seems kind of fun. Like a, one of the biggest animals you can have, and, and it would be like. I a, thought a about compatriot. that too, but most of mine, I feel like I need to be able to like touch it or snuggle with it or like <laughs> wrap my arms around it. I feel like the yeah. whale's difficult to have, to really have friendship. I, like they can do jumps for you and things like that. And maybe you could ride it. See, well, Nate, you're also in a landlocked state. And so being in Florida. Having a whale as a pet. You now, know. you chose a whale and not a dolphin. I thought about dolphin, but I feel like it would be more impressive to have a whale friend. And, I mean, if somehow you got it to be able to go close enough to the beach and you could, like, show off to all the uh, yeah, spring, okay. spring breakers, I'd be down with a whale. My number three is also I wanted a water-related one, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jellyfish. So I went otter. <laughs> That's cool. All right. I'll give you an otter. So the otter, like a lot of swimming around, but I was actually, I was thinking kind of seal or walrus as well. Yeah. I thought about a walrus, but 
I don't think they do a whole lot. I think, yeah, kind of cool. An otter can, like, you can, like, throw a ball around with an otter. They can right, swim through things. You can the, swim around. I'm picturing, like, swimming underwater and, like, swimming around with my friend underwater. There's very cute uh, otter videos on the internet, too. So. Oh, absolutely. Very playful. They seem like yeah, they would, like, yeah. climb into my arms. Right. Snuggle right. up. So otter is my number three. That's good. My number three... I wanted an, a flying animal in my list. So I went with a falcon. I would love to have a falcon yeah. as a familiar. Yes. One that could attack and keep watch, but also just like super cool. You could like hold it on your arm and like throw something and the falcon catches it. That seemed like a, like a cool pet. So falcon. It's my number three. All right. My number two, gorilla. Mm-hmm. The bigger, the better. Yep. The the kind of trust you have to have with something that could rip you limb from limb <laughs> has to be there. But I'm assuming in yeah. all of these, our animal friends, they are like, we are besties. They would never right. hurt me. They are unflinchingly loyal. Unflinchingly loyal. Yeah. They wouldn't even have a nightmare and wake up in the heat right, of right. battle and... It's not like Wolverine where he might claw you in the middle of the night. It's nothing like that. I think a big enough gorilla, you can ride on their back or on their shoulders, which would be kind of cool. That'd be cool, yeah. Oh, that kind of made me think about elephant. I did not include an elephant in here. You know, Nate, I thought about it. I literally thought about an elephant. And I thought about a giraffe. But I feel like... Okay, they're they're okay. large Here's land animals. Doing. I'm taking my I'm taking my ferret out because the otter gives me all of the joy <laughs> that a ferret would give me. That's I, true. I'm yeah. replacing the ferret with an elephant at number five. That That's feels good. right. Yeah, I like that. I mean, you can ride an elephant too. You know, like in some of those. Uh, oh, you can do so so Eastern much. They countries. can lift you up with their trunk. I've seen people do yeah, backflips yeah. off of elephants onto other elephants. That's true. You can use them as a huge water gun and and deter people from coming on your property. It's great. <clears throat> My number two. I think I've only ridden one when I was a kid, but I would, I think I'd really like a horse. I think a Mm. horse as a faithful friend, I mean, a galloping horse is really just a sight to behold. Like it's, it's truly majestic. You know, it's one of those, it's one of those things where you see an animal doing that and it's like that animal was made to do that. (laughs) Looks amazing. Powerful creature. Yes. Powerful creature. And they seem very smart. Yes. they, They seem intelligent. And I feel like that, that would just be a nice uh, compatriot to have. All right. Number one, Arctic Wolf. Oh, man. That's a good one. Arctic Wolf. Wow. I take your dog and I raise you, Arctic Wolf. <laughs> I'm talking big. I'm talking fierce. Both vicious, but also like can be still sit next to me. I picture us watching the Northern Lights together. Mm. That's the- My arm around him. <laughs> That's that's pretty good. Arctic Wolf is my that's number pretty, one. That, that's pretty great. Um, all right. Yeah, good on you. I know we're supposed to give each other a hard time on these lists, but that was pretty good. After I corrected, I feel really good. So now I have elephant, <laughs> yeah. ostrich, otter, gorilla, arctic wolf. And that's I would, good. if that's my Pokedex with all my Pokemon, if those yeah. are my five that I get to choose from, I that's feel great about my, about my team, my starting five. You know, I think I'm going to move dog into honorable mentions, mm-hmm. and I'm going to add polar bear to my number five. Ooh, okay. I like it. I think a polar bear would be a fun, you know, I feel like a bear would lounge around with you, but then also like. <laughs> now you're saying polar bear over 
over Panda because Panda has that lounge factor as well. No, 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 no. I want a polar bear because, listen, we have lots of artists who listen to this show. Uh-huh. And some of them have even in the past provided some fan art for our for our Mott's multi-level uh, marketing scheme. If someone could fan art me riding a polar bear mm-hmm. with the falcon flying <laughs> near yes. near my shoulder, that would be... No, wait a minute. Me riding the polar bear riding the whale with the falcon... <laughs> That might be a little too elaborate. Maybe just stick with the polar bear. But riding a bear is like one of those yes. like fantasy <laughs> type activities. That just seems pretty epic. But anyway. Picture me standing on top of my elephant, Oof. wolf on the side, <gasps> yes. gorilla also on the other side. Nate, we need to do some fanfic. <laughs> this is pretty exciting. <laughs> I sent some show art. Okay. So I have polar bear, whale, falcon, horse. And my number one was your number two. I put the gorilla as number one. Mm-hmm. The scene of Robert Downey Jr. playing chess with a gorilla, I hope that would be possible because I would love to do that. <laughs> Teach a gorilla how to play chess. Yeah. Stolen from George of the Jungle, by the way, playing oh, chess with a gorilla. Oh, gotcha. I would love to see that. Again, a close uh, relation to humans so you yes. can do things with yes. opposable thumbs <laughs> that you couldn't do with other animals. And again, of all the things that could guard my house, the falcon's keeping watch. Oh, of course. <laughs> the bear, you know, maybe he's around the perimeter. But the gorilla just sitting there that if some robber tried to come in through a window and sees a massive gorilla <laughs> just staring back at him, Perfect. that'd be amazing. You yes. build a house moat big enough for a whale and he just kind of circles. Oh, Nate, I think you just hit on my dream. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's great for the whale, but we'll say that the whale yeah. has a, an underground river takes him out to a large That's right. body of water. We'll say there's he an out, an outlet. Out. Yeah, there's an outlet from the moat to the ocean. You know, he could just come when needed. Absolutely. But anyway, oh, that was a good top five, Nate. I'm proud of that one. That was that was a good episode, Stephen. <laughs> Nate, I think you should compose a limerick or haiku with that rhyme. Just ripe for the taking. Life is better, better with Mott's at the helm of your ears. How great a listen. That's my haiku. Man, that was a bad haiku. That was probably the worst I haiku. I ran out of syllables ever. each yep. of them. Yep. <laughs> it's all right. Though. It's all right. <laughs>